You're listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast, conversations between girlfriends who have the knowledge and information to educate and empower you before, during, and after a divorce. We are here to remind you that you're grown and you got this. Thank you for listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Cook. So we have more questions and answers. So we're doing the question and answer holiday edition. We have a lot of questions to get to, so I'm going to jump right in. Our first question, should I tell the kids about the divorce during the holidays? So that really depends on timing and also the age of your children. So I think people immediately think, no, don't tell them it's the holidays. You want them to enjoy the holidays. However, if you have kind of a winter break from school and there's a two week period, it may make sense for you and your spouse to sit down with the children at some point during that break from school and have a conversation with them talking about next steps, transitions for your family, things that are going to be happening and changing. And maybe the two of you will be living together through the divorce, but you kind of want them to know what's on the horizon. Or it's after the new year, um, one of the parents may be moving out and you want to give them the heads up before school resumes. So it's not a bad idea to use that break from school to have the conversation, but making sure that any conversation that you have with the children, it should be age appropriate, limit, of course, the blaming um, as it relates to the divorce, do it together to the extent that you can do that safely, and keep it short and simple. Nobody needs the backstory about why there's a breakdown in the marriage, but you know, just an explanation that we have decided that it's best for us to no longer live together. We are now moving from one household into two households. There are two parents who love you and care about you, though our relationship is going to change in some way. So using the holidays may be a good time period if your children have a nice break from school to really give them that time to ask questions and to process things while they're not also involved in the day-to-day of school. Our next question, I am considering divorce in the new year. How can I prepare during this time? That's a really good question. I think there's a couple of things here. First, there are many listeners who have reached out saying, is this a good time of year, end of the year to, um, you know, think about the next year and thinking about filing for a divorce? Do I do it right before the end of the year or right after in the new year? Again, timing is everything, but safety is always first. So, you know, I've said before, Safety has to be your priority, and that's going to drive your decision as it relates to the timing of the filing. If it's not an emergency situation and you're really thinking, I'm going to wait until the beginning of the new year, then certainly things that you can be doing right now 
One, find your great support team. Your support team can be inclusive of your lawyer, maybe a divorce coach, a therapist, a financial advisor, your outlet, your outlet being, you know, whether that's a hobby or exercise, something to help you balance the emotional, physical uh, stress that often comes with divorce. So taking the time now and really finding your team. If you go on our website, there is a free download that talks about considering divorce, preparing for a divorce, that gives you a wealth of information and resources that you can use as you think about navigating next steps. We also have a blog post about the grown girl gang, and these are your people who are gonna really see you through the process. So taking the time now to prepare and getting these key people in place is a really good use of time before you file for a divorce. The other thing that you can be doing right now in terms of preparing for a divorce, if you haven't already, really kind of look at your finances. Year-end is great because you have income and account information through the preceding year. So using the recent or year-end information will give you a really good handle and understanding of things like cash flow, account balances, those things that you will use as a part of mediation negotiation or if you have to go into court, whether it's on temporary issues or as you're navigating maybe a trial, having year-end information can be very helpful. So take the financial information that you are collecting or that's being sent right now in terms of year-end information to use as you prepare for what's to come. And then the last piece of that in terms of preparing for a divorce, take the time right now and take care of yourself. Even in amicable divorces, a divorce can be overwhelming and stressful and upsetting. Take the time now and really love on yourself. Get something that uh, you love that makes you feel good. So maybe that's a new nail polish. Maybe that's a new pair of shoes or a wrap or something that really just is for you. Um, but take this time now and really kind of pamper yourself. And of course, I'm not saying go crazy, but do something for yourself because as you start down the divorce path, things sometimes become so overwhelming that you lose sight of taking care of yourself. So now is a good time to really do that. Our next question is, my divorce is not yet finalized. How do we navigate the holidays with the kids and our finances? Many divorces, unfortunately, span throughout the year. And so as you close in to the end of the year um, and your case is not yet finalized, it can really throw you into a tailspin because your thought might be, we started this process last year. January or February, and now we're at the end of the year and it's still not over. I figured I would be done by now. It's okay. Again, a divorce is a marathon and it's not a sprint. And it is very possible that throughout this process of the preceding year or years, if that is in case, uh, in fact, your case, 
um, that things have been otherwise delayed or circumstances have caused it to not resolve in the way that you would have liked. And here you are at year end or through the holidays trying to navigate. So let's break it into two parts. The first one being how do we navigate the holidays with the kids? If the two of you are not yet divorced, hopefully you have some type of temporary parenting schedule or holiday schedule in place. If you don't already have that in place, you want to try to get that sooner rather than later. Reach out to your lawyer, see if you maybe can get into a mediation session for a very limited scope discussion about how are we going to handle the winter break from the kids' school or what do we want to do about Christmas or Kwanzaa or Three Kings Day or whatever kind of holiday that you celebrate um, during these winter months you might really want to go ahead and reach out to make sure that those things are taken care of. So first thing would be, let's get you some sort of plan or schedule. If you've got a schedule or plan in place, then work that schedule and plan and really stick to it. Try not to make any major changes or modifications. This is really a good test of how things will be kind of long-term. So if the two of you have agreed to a plan, really try to stick to it. If your um, ex is not sticking to the plan, make note of that. Don't make it a big deal. This is the holiday season. We wanna make it as uh, enjoyable as possible for everybody. But certainly make a note so that as you go into the coming year and additional negotiations, you can have kind of some bullet points to just kind of fall back on in talking about how things um, occurred in the most recent kind of time period. As it relates to all being in the house together and maybe navigating the holidays, Try to come up with some type of a plan, even if everybody is all together. So maybe it's the kids are out of school and you do some fun holiday activities or spending time with them while your spouse is at work or doing some other things. Maybe you try to come up with a new tradition that the you and your children can carry forward once everybody moves from one household into two households. So using this time to really um, figure out what would be fun to do on a going forward and something that's new and different that maybe you haven't otherwise done. In terms of the finances, be very careful. You guys are going through the divorce process. And so what you don't want to do is to find yourself kind of overspending on gifts or experiences or hotel stays because those things are drawing down on your income and your assets, which we know during the divorce process is already now being, uh, you know, taxed in a way that you weren't otherwise having um, to experience just because of the additional exp um, expenses related to you know lawyers and filings and mediation and all these other things. So be sensitive to that. If you have to do a little bit more of a scaled down holiday season, then do that. But I think navigating this time of year really is about being mindful 
that you are in a very uh, tenuous and, and temporary, ideally, space. And so as you look forward, you can, you know, start to think about how you want things to be in the future. But right now, let's do things in a way that allows it to be the most enjoyable and, you know, um, you know, least acrimonious, both family and financially. Our next question is, do I have to buy a gift for my ex or their new significant other? Well, I think it depends on who's actually, um, you know, the uh, gift giver, right? So it is possible that you are the person paying for the gift, but certainly if your children are buying a gift or wanting to buy a gift for the other parent or even the other parent's new significant other, then, you know, buy the gift. I know it's hard to think about in that way, especially if there's been some infidelity involved, but you're teaching your children about being a good person and it's not about, um, you know, rewarding, I'll say bad behavior, but it's also giving from a, a place of love. Now, if you really feel strongly about purchasing a gift for the new significant other, then maybe having a conversation with your children about, hey, what if instead of us buying something, what if you make something for them? Or what if you talk to the other parent about having them help you select something and, and buy it for them? So try to get creative, but don't kind of shut down the absolutely not, I refuse to buy something for that you know vile human being, even though that's what you might be saying in your head be the bigger person here and redirect it in a way that allows your child to otherwise still give something that, you know, they truly want to share and express their love for this new individual or for the other parent. Now, on the flip side, if you and the other uh, parent have a good relationship and you want to give a nice gift, then so be it. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, the two of you at some point um, had a relationship. And so it, it makes sense that, you know, you would like to continue to give a gift. As always, I wouldn't expect a gift in return unless the two of you really do have that kind of relationship. But nothing wrong with, you know, something that is meaningful and thoughtful. But let's not be dramatic um, and buying something that's disrespectful or rude, you're better than that. And, and so just don't stoop to that kind of level. All right. So going back to a parenting question, this is a really sensitive one and it's really sweet, but it's a hard one. So here it is. My child wrote a letter to Santa and asked for her parents to be together for Christmas. What should we do? Okay, so that's really hard. Um, on a personal side, I will say that for many years, my dad has, uh, you know, played Santa at uh, various public events and venues. And, you know, he has said that, um, you know, you always kind of, you, you stay in character, right? And so when you're talking about Santa, you're talking about the magic of Santa. It really is special to children. And so my response to this is do whatever you can to make this happen. Now, here's the caveat. 
safety first. So if it's not safe uh, and if it's not healthy for everyone to be together, then if you have an elf on the shelf or a snoop on the stoop or maybe even um, an elf just randomly mailed a letter in response to your child in saying and explaining why Santa certainly um, grants wishes for children, magical wishes for children. However, Santa, um, you know, does not always have the ability to help with adult matters. And being that, you know, it's children who really have and feel and experience the magic of Christmas and the magic of Santa. And so as it, you know, relates to mom and dad or mom and mom or dad and dad, that, you know, Santa hopes that everybody will be happy on Christmas morning or Christmas day, but that may not be both of the parents together. That's one. The second, if the two of you can come together for a breakfast or gift exchange, then great, you can do that as well. But again, make sure that it's productive. The one thing you do want to be mindful of is you don't want to play games with your child emotionally. So if this is a new divorce and you know that your child is really struggling with the fact that the two of you are no longer together, if you don't already have a therapist, this may be a good idea or a good time to reach out to a child therapist or a therapy program. There are a lot of kind of play therapy programs, um, both in schools and um, private programs to really help with how we navigate the child's emotion and transition because you don't want to send the wrong message. You may also say to your child, as much as you know, we would love to be together on Christmas, we want it to be the very best Christmas for you. And so in doing that, we have decided that it would be better if we were not together in this same space. It's a really sensitive and delicate conversation to have. You know your child best. And so, you know, I truly believe that you will try to find the thing that will work best for your child. So maybe that is the letter from Santa. Maybe it is just kind of saying, all right, for an hour, we're going to power through this. Or maybe it is then sitting down and having the conversation with your child and saying, this is probably not the best plan for us to be all together in that same space on Christmas. So here's um, one that deals with finances that I think is, is really important. And this goes to real conversations around planning. My ex purchased Christmas gifts for the children and now expects me to reimburse him for half. Okay, so there are categories of expenses that I would say often get overlooked. And holiday gifts are oftentimes in that grouping of list of how many things get overlooked when we're thinking about child support and child-related expenses. Back to school, college move-in, all of those kind of big ticket times 
sometimes get lost in the shuffle when we're talking about child support and child-related expenses. So a couple of things here. One, if there were conversations between you and your ex about, you know, the kids want bikes, your ex went out, bought bikes, was there an expectation that the two of you were sharing, you know, the cost? If there wasn't, a conversation, but the expectation is that, you know, whether it's the bike or the phone or, um, you know, the Bluetooth headphones, whatever it is, is going to go back between homes, then sure, that may be the way to kind of say, sure, this is a shared gift. It's coming from both of us. So both of our names should be on whatever the, the tag is, and we're going to cover the cost. Before you get to that, though, having a conversation around, hey, what's our expectation for holiday gifts, for birthday gifts? How are we sharing those? Are we doing an each pay own? Are there certain gifts that, you know, we're both okay with splitting? Or is there a set amount that, you know, we're both willing to contribute up to? But I will say, if it's one of those things where the other parent is consistently buying things and then sending the bill your way, you do need to go ahead and send a very, you know, strongly worded, though polite, uh, communication that this was not otherwise agreed to, that there has to be some parameters around how expenses are being shared and allocated, but also that you cannot consistently be on the receiving end of an invoice when you didn't have a part of uh, the selection process or the gift is not going to be a shared kind of gift. So having conversation and communication around the expectations can really serve you well. For those who are not yet divorced and maybe going through the process, list these kinds of things out. So as you're negotiating or as you are, you know, writing up your final documents, you can throw in some language or be having conversations around, you know, these very things. Again, back to school supplies, college move in, holiday gifts, birthday parties, birthday gifts, those type of things that often catch co-parents off guard because there wasn't um, a conversation about what's our expectation in terms of selection and contribution. So our next question is, how do I explain to extended family that the children won't be with me this year? Well, I think you just have to come out and say, listen, you know, we are, um, in a new family dynamic and the children won't always be with me for every holiday. And I would appreciate if everybody would be mindful to the sensitivity that is surrounding that um, for me um, and be respectful in how I navigate this and process this, which is to say, I'm not interested in being, you know, held in a corner for an hour about what's going on in my relationship or why I don't have the kids every year for Christmas and how dare the other parent. Nope, we're not going to do that. So putting in some boundaries and parameters around 
here's what I'm willing to discuss and here's what I'm not willing to discuss. But I think you have to be open and honest about it and just say, we are now in a very different relationship dynamic. The children have two parents and regardless of what you, the extended family may think about my ex, that is, you know, um, my child's parent and the parent will be spending time with them during this holiday season. Enough said, end of story. You might have to remove yourself from certain situations if it becomes too much. You may just have to say, this is not going to work because the family, my family is not ready or mature enough to be able to handle the new change in the dynamic. And I know that's a hard realization, but for your own mental health and well-being, you might have to separate yourself from the situation until things come to a place where you are then able to enjoy the time that is spent with extended family without having to sit and consistently answer questions about your personal relationship. And our last question for this episode is, are holiday gifts considered dissipation? Okay, so let me start by talking about what dissipation is um, because not every jurisdiction has the same classification in terms of dissipation. So dissipa- dissipation is marital money that is otherwise spent on non-marital things. The easiest example is if I'm spending money on um, a girlfriend or a boyfriend, significant other, um, that is not for a marital purpose, right? But Dissipation can also be money that is spent on gambling or um, if somebody has a significant alcohol or drug abuse uh, and they're spending a lot of money on drugs and alcohol. Dissipation can also be, you know, just exorbitant shopping. And when I say exorbitant, really the level of shopping that is not consistent with what has been done during the marriage. So for example, if during the marriage you were fine buying, you know, sweaters and pants and shoes from Target, and now uh, the only place that you will buy something from is from Neiman Marcus, well, there has certainly been a change. Um, And so it is possible that there could be a claim for dissipation that's leveled against you because of that change. So you want to be mindful uh, in your jurisdiction what dissipation really means, but to answer the question, are holiday gifts considered dissipation? It really depends on what the holiday gift is. So if you are buying something for the person that you are now dating, even while you're married, yes, that could potentially be, you know, deemed dissipation because it's marital money that's being used for a non-marital purpose. The same could be true if here it is, it's Christmas or it's Kwanzaa, and you've decided this year I'm actually going to buy me that, you know, eight carat diamond bracelet that I have been dying for for the last 10 years. And while we can't otherwise really afford it, I'm going to do it anyway. Yes, that can be dissipation. That may be different than 
you know, I've spent money to take the kids um, to a water park or a ski resort that is consistent with what we have done previously, but I'm this year buying it for them as a gift. Or maybe I'm taking them to Disney on ice or to a sporting event and that's the gift to them. That may not otherwise, of course, be classified as dissipation given that it's consistent with the marital lifestyle. So just be mindful of what dissipation means in your jurisdiction so that you know your chances of kind of being on the receiving end of a dissipation claim based on a recent purchase. I think it's always important to make sure that you understand your rights, your responsibilities within the bounds of the law. So if you haven't already, please go check out our website, GrownGirlDivorce.com. We do have a divorce glossary. There are some common divorce words to help you get familiar with certain things, but always reach out to a lawyer in your area to better understand things, especially if you have questions where you're not really clear on whether or not you're in a gray area um, based on the information that you are otherwise kind of learning or seeing um, from a variety of sources. As always, thank you for listening. We know that sharing is caring. So please share this episode and all of our episodes and resources with others because you never know who may need the information or support. Please do not hesitate to reach out. We have questions coming in and we want to make sure that all the questions get answered and that includes yours. So please go to our website, GrownGirlDivorce.com, submit a question and we will get it answered on a future episode. Last but not least, please enjoy your holiday season. Please subscribe to the podcast. Let us know uh, the information that you need and what you would like to hear. And we wish you um, the very best as you celebrate the holidays in the way that you do for yourself and your family. Thank you for listening to the Grown Girl Divorce Podcast. Remember, though you may be going through a difficult time, you're grown and you got this. Please be sure to tell your girlfriends about us. Follow us on Instagram at Grown Girl Divorce and subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss out on any new conversations. The conversations on this podcast are for informational purposes only and are not intended to substitute working directly with a lawyer. These episodes are not to be used as a basis to support or defend any legal action and transcripts or recordings of the podcast may not be used for any purpose without the direct written permission of the podcast owner.